Here's a message from Ken Lavica. What football thought was on your mind when you woke up from your slumber this morning? Stone the Banowitz hit the open. Who ready? I'm ready. Who ready? I'm ready. Who ready? I'm ready. Well, give me my dirty theme music, dude. Ken Lavica. Get a run in, make an early cocktail, put a gummy in half. Theo Dorsey. Very excited to have the opportunity to add him to the team. Stone Labanowitz. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios. It doesn't matter what your name is. It's Lavica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 1063. It is, uh, it is one of those Mondays where you don't know quite where to start because there is a lot to dig through, a lot to dig through. So this is where you just sort of rely on, on your organic life, your real life, because I, I, this is, this is full confession on my part. And I, I like to think we got a good thing going here on the middays. Uh, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to overthink myself. It's like in anything, Theo, it's, it's, you're trying to do something and whether this is in a relationship, whether this is in a friendship, whether this is in your professional life, uh, whether it's in your personal life, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to overdo anything, overthink anything. Um, so you got to keep it simple. You got to keep it simple. And so, um, let me let me bring you back to uh, a little over six hours ago. Stone, could I uh, can I please have uh, canned morning music, please? Thank you. The alarm goes off. Guess when my alarm was set today? Actually, Stone. Um, I'm gonna go five eighteen in the morning. It was pretty close, actually. Five twenty-five. How oh, about that? Uh, nice. 525. Didn't get out of bed, though, until about, uh, I don't know, 550 or so. Just kind of laid there. <laughs> but you got you to gotta work yourself in. At my age, work yourself in to, to getting out of bed. <sighs> I need to relax about the Dolphins. That was the very first thought that popped into my mind today. The very first thing coming off of a tequila Sunday. I should trademark that, by the way. Tequila Sunday. Uh, so once I, I was able to, to brush the cloudiness out of my brain of the tequila Sunday, I realized, man, I am, I'm really being the Dolphins' biggest critic. When these guys are 4-1, and one, and I had, I was such a maniacal bleep hole yesterday that I had Stone text me in the middle of the Dolphins game reading my tweets as the Dolphins were playing. With, dude, would you calm down? Because I believe I tweeted right after the 102-yard interception return for a touchdown from the Giants. That that was really the only like notable thing they did yesterday. I tweeted, oh, now this is collapsing. I need to chill out. I hate watching the Dolphins' defense, but they were 6 of 17. They held the Giants to 6 of 17 on third down yesterday. They made Daniel Jones look like he was purposely trying to place himself on IR, well, like throwing his body at tacklers. To be fair, did the Dolphins' defense do that, or is that just the operation of the Giants' offense these <laughs> it's days? It's probably Can't. a little bit of both. <laughs> it's probably equal contributions. Yeah. But all things considered, the Dolphins' defense wasn't bad yesterday. They held another NFL team to 16 points. I think I need to chill, especially when... After Tua Tungavailoa is calling the wrong play in the huddle because he can't hear Mike McDaniel, this is the end result of Tua mishearing the play call from Mike McDaniel. The interception return for a touchdown in the middle. Now going deep to the far side, caught! It's Hill! Touchdown! An easy, easy 76-yard touchdown. 76-yard touchdown, no issues. You sit back and you enjoy the best offense through five games in the history of the sport. My first football thought this morning was, I need to just chill the bleep out. It's not a bad thought to have. And, you know... I hold him to a high standard. Mike McDaniel's got me believing. 
it's an it, it's a really easy game to come into and expect. Hey, we're playing the Giants. They're a dumpster fire. I want my team to run all over them. I want another repeat of that Denver Broncos game. I want to see the high flying theatrics. I want to see uh, more touchdowns, more points on the board. But sometimes you just go into a Sunday and you walk out with a win, and that's all. It's all fine and dandy, you know. Yeah, like, no injuries. Did no I, big injuries. Did I think that the Giants were going to? Sometimes you play a team that's so bad that it does not allow you to get into any sort of rhythm. Mm. It's not what the other team is doing. It's more that they have slogged the proceedings so far into the mud that it's just really difficult to keep uh, a, a, a high-octane engine, an eight-cylinder masterpiece from, from fully uh, realizing its entire power the entire three-and-a-half-hour span that it needs to be running. I think that's what happened yesterday. Was it spectacular? No. Was it a win? Yeah. Was it a comfortable win? Non-dramatic? Yeah. Are the Dolphins 4-1? and one? Uh-huh. Do they have uh, arguably the worst team in the NFL the last five years coming in next week? Uh-huh. Life is good. Life is good. That's the Carolina Panthers for all of you uh, who are wondering, by the way. Yeah. Like, life is good in Dolphins world. I need to breathe. Take a, take a pill and chill out. And that's another good reason to be able to take a pill and chill out. Is, pop, a, uh, pop a gummy and, well, don't mix that with the tequila. <laughs> gummy Sunday yeah. instead of tequila Sunday. You, you <laughs> no, and Russo, I mean, if it's a proper dosage. Yeah. Right. You and Russo, y'all yeah. can get, get busy. Is it, for, for, uh-huh. But for you, though, as a Dolphins fan, is, there, is that kind of part of it? Is it more so knowing the opponent and wishing that you would have the, the flamethrower the kind of, game I think it was a New York thing. I think that was definitely a New York thing. Yeah, like, leave any- them in a in a a steaming pile of charred yeah. uh, mess. Because any other team, you beat them like that, you're you're kind of okay with it. Yeah. You wish Tua didn't make the big mistakes, but the, you're like, yeah. There is the the New York chip on shoulder, but you know what? Like the the Giants continue to be, and this is what I take solace in this morning, is that the Giants continue to be the most unwatchable team in ooh, football. Ooh. I mean, it is a bore. And they can't do anything. Uh, the defense is actually serviceable. Watching the Giants try to play offense is a gag-worthy, start-to-feel-the-vapors type of experience. It is horrible. Yeah. And the only thing that made it watchable was Tequila Sunday. Yeah, and they're showing stats on the screen, right, in the past, I don't know, 33 games or since Daniel Jones been there that there's been 52 different offensive line combinations, the most in the NFL. Like, there's nothing going with this Giants team. But for, no. for me to you... And uh, I guess a pitch to help you calm down, or especially against the New York Giants. Are you going to prescribe me something, or are you just going to direct me somewhere? No, it was just, uh, maybe a little bit of both, but it was never a game. It was never going to be a game. Even, even as somebody who was holding a, a Dolphins minus 12.5 ticket, like I, I, at no point was I worried. This team didn't even find the end zone in four quarters. They didn't even score a touchdown. <laughs> Their only touchdown was, was, was from Tua. Was Tua yeah. trying to force the yeah. ball in the end zone. And, yeah. I, and I think the only accurate tweet you did have yesterday was that Tua was forcing the ball to Jalen Waddle. I think yeah. it really seems like Tua, for some reason, is trying to get Jalen Waddle involved. Like, trying to get his boy involved. Yeah. Because I saw Tyreek Hill played 46% of the snaps yesterday. Only 46%. But he's open every single time play. Tua knows he's going to find Tyreek Hill seven, eight, nine times within that 46%, and it's going to be for big plays. Yeah. Um, he's trying, and you've got A-Chan, Eaton, you've got Mostert, Eaton. He's trying to get his dudes involved, and Jalen Waddles, the one who hasn't quite found his footing yet, yeah. uh, scored a touchdown for the first time this season yesterday. I, I, I think he needs to just let it happen organically. It's happening organically with Tyreek Hill. It's happening organically with everybody else. Like, why? Stop forcing it. He'll live. I promise you Jalen Waddle on a rookie contract will live. It's a good problem to have, right, trying to force one of your receivers yeah. to the football. It's yeah. a great problem to have. I think we saw the result of it in Cincinnati. Not that the game was in Cincinnati. It was in Arizona, but with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, right? We had last week seven receptions, Dude. 70 yards, and he said, I'm always bleeping open. Three touchdowns for Jamar Chase. Uh, and then he tweeted a picture of Seven Eleven yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's uh, always open. Uh, um, that deep ball, though, the third touch, uh, second touchdown, the second touchdown, the deep ball from Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase is one of the single prettiest. Put it on the ceiling of the Sistine yeah. Chapel 
throws into hands catch, fully extended, keeping his footing, racing into the end zone after he turned on the burners, realizing he was about to blow by the safety before the ball even got there. That's as pretty as it gets in professional football. 100%. As a quarterback, you're like almost contractually obligated to to feed your guy the ball when you understand that that what could happen a la Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, what we're seeing in Buffalo yeah. right now. Like this is what Tua is trying to prevent with Jalen Waddle. It's what Joe Burrow is trying to prevent. But only in Buffalo because it doesn't happen in London. <laughs> only in Buffalo. I suppose. London's but as a, as a quarterback, the these are some of the boxes you need to check. And Tua caught himself trying to check Jalen Waddle's box yesterday. Uh, could we uh, could we uh, play canned morning music again, please? Uh, what was the first football thought that popped into your mind on this Monday. Maybe you had a barbecue and you went to sleep last night with the remnants of meat sweats. Woke up this morning. For me, when I eat lots of meat day before, I always wake up feeling full and kind of blah. Mm. It's not a good feeling. Like the meat consumption? Don't mark that. I like the meat consumption. I don't like the aftermath of the meat. <laughs> I have problems. Uh, I have the. I have the. I have problems with the aftermath of the meat. It punishes me. Mm. What was the first football thought that popped into your mind on this Monday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. And on social media, at KLV1063. What was the first football thought that popped into your mind this Monday? Now, Theo, you spent an extended week into weekend. Oof. Celebrating uh, birthday number 30 for your beautiful fiance, Ashley, yes. getting married in February. Yes. Uh, so I have to imagine that there was alcohol consumption, there was fine dining, there was a lot of sun. I certainly saw on your social media channels a whole lot of chest. That's how I knew the weekend was going well because oh, yeah. Theo Dorsey had that chest out. Mm-hmm. Two mm. buttons, see ya. That's a wrap. After yeah. that, uh, so it's back to reality this morning for you. First, what time did the alarm go off? Uh, this morning, 7.20. 7.20, a 7.20 start yeah. time for Theo uh, and his uh, reacclimation into the work world and consciousness. What was what was your first football thought this morning? Mm. <sighs> mm, mm. 28. Wait, 28? 28 yards for the best receiver in football? I mean, I was told coming into this season the Chiefs' defense might be what holds them back. They don't have enough weapons on the outside. Patrick Mahomes can't do it all again. But then I look at 28 in the box score next to the one and only, the man who can do no wrong, Justin Jefferson, who gets peppered with targets. But he was lined up against number 38, Legereus Sneed, Trent McDuffie when he moved into the slot. We The, the Kansas City Chiefs have – the most underrated defensive secondary in all of football and a top five defense to go along with that. Missing key pieces, still not all the way in connection with each other, going up against a Vikings offense where you know what they're going to do. They're going to drop back, and they're looking for 18. And for the Chiefs secondary to hold him to 28 and come out of there with the win, it wasn't pretty on offense at all times, and it's still going to take some smoothing over. And defensively, you still let a couple guys get off. You know, you, 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 Kirk Cousins was able to move the ball on you a few more times than you would like. But when you look at that box score the next morning, and you see 2-8 next to 18, oh, that's a good feel. Now, didn't Justin Jefferson suffer an injury yesterday, though, too? Like, he spent almost the entire second half with a towel on his head on the sideline. That was in the third quarter. I think okay. he got injured. So okay. it, was, it was late third quarter. All right, so before quarters. that, so 20 yards in the first half, nothing to, to, to thumb one's nose at. And, and it wasn't just the fact that he had the 28 yards. It was the way in which the secondary was playing him. It wasn't like he was, like, open and Cousins was missing him. Like, Justin Jefferson was being strapped up on a Sunday afternoon. And when you can strap up a guy like that on yeah. a Sunday afternoon, that's – championship level defense and I get jealous when I hear you guys with the Dolphins talk about how you can get all these deep you know throws down the field to Tyreek Hill and <laughs> uh-huh. Jalen Waddle uh-huh. y'all's, y'all's your complaint is oh he might not have hit him in stride or uh-huh. whatnot but you're getting these 50-yard bombs down the field the Chiefs don't really have that right now so we're not getting the explosive big plays so I have to celebrate the little things the small wins and um, we'll take the little bubble screens and a little check downs of Travis Kelsey and we'll take strapping up number 18 on a Sunday afternoon, baby. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm basking in the glory of a new way of winning. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And and you make that point about the Dolphins. Uh, it, 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 literally any play could go for a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, we saw we saw an outside run, just zone blocking, and Devin Achan 
goes full oh four by 100, see him in Paris in the Summer Olympic speed, just gliding. He's insane. That dude is like, can we just stop for a moment and just talk about him before you rally off yeah. all the points of the Dolphins' offense? Like, Devon HN is. How did the NFL allow that guy to get to the Dolphins in the third round? I don't know. And and he's really hard to tackle, too. He's, he, I, yeah. I, I've seen people try and describe him as, oh, uh, change of pace, scat back. No, he keeps his footing extremely well. He's got a low base. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Mostert who is just going to bulldoze you. Like, if those guys stay healthy, this is what makes the Dolphins different. Run first, Miami Dolphins. The, uh, Devin Achan right now. Uh, and he's only played he's only played three games, really, this season. He <laughs> this had uh, a snap uh, in the second game of the season. 38 carries, 460 yards, five touchdowns, averaging 12.1 a carry. And it's a big, I mean, it's not real. That feels like if that stat was like between two games or something like that, it's like, okay, yeah, it's going to come down. There's going to be a regression. Like, uh-huh. the, what's the regression going to be down to? Like nine yards per carry? <laughs> that, that's a stat you see with a Palm Beach Lakes high school running mm-hmm. back yes. uh, against a, uh, a Benjamin high school yeah. football team. It's a high school statistic. L- literally high school statistic. And then if you're third and behind the sticks, all Tua has to do is throw oh. a little seven-yard in route to Tyree Kill. He's 60 yards around the edge down the sideline. I'm like, so it's, jealous. It's just – it is – it is pretty cool. Meanwhile, I say, it's pretty cool. He leads the NFL in rushing yards. Yeah. Okay, he's yeah. his name is above <laughs> yes. the name Christian McCaffrey right. on the list of even top after five. last night. Yeah, and McCaffrey doubles more than doubles him in carries right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and so beyond all of that, like when I look at Patrick Mahomes on third and eighteen, having to dial up plays down the field to a to a guy named you know like uh, Rashid Rice, Rashid Rice, and and you in in um. Justin Watson, who's been good, who yeah. made some plays down the field, it's it, it's just different. So, yes, I, I appreciate what y'all have in Hill, the Bills have in Diggs, the Bengals have in Chase, but the Chiefs got that secondary, baby. Uh, what was the first football thought that popped into your mind on this Monday? Mine was, once I got the sleep out of my eyes, and, uh, oh, uh, man, I love tequila. It doesn't leave me hungover. Mm. After those initial thoughts. Um, my first football thought was, I need to chill out when it comes to being so critical of the Dolphins. I just chill. They're 4-1. and one. It's fine. Yesterday was never in doubt. Theo, Theo's first thought was, the Kansas City Chiefs kept a whole ass Justin Jefferson to 28 yards mm. receiving. 28, 2-8. Uh, my, my fiance is now older than the amount of yards <laughs> yeah. that he got in the first half yesterday. What was the first football thought that popped in your mind on this Monday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. Let's go to Segway Sean to get us going on the phones on this Monday on ESPN1063. Hey, Sean. What's up, fellas? How are you, I sir? To, I need to preface this with, I, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I appreciate taking the call. Um, I, I need to preface this with the fact that I'm not a Hurricane fan. Um, you know, I, I love a different team in college football, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, so I'm wondering how this is the second morning I woke up and looked at my ESPN news feed and didn't see a termination of Mario Cristobal. <laughs> and now I understand he's won the, as many games as he's won, but at the same time, that mistake is not something you can even allow a peewee football player coach to make. And I, and I get the fact that they've been winning, and that's the only reason he probably still has his job. But how is how am I not seeing some kind of a huge disciplinary? I don't even know what you can possibly do, but besides fire, but it is inexcusable. That mistake was inexcusable. I won't even call it a mistake. Well, Sean, make no mistake about this. Uh, Mario Cristobal still being employed has nothing to do with his wins as the head coach of Miami, which actually not a ton of them. <laughs> Not a ton of them. It has more to do with uh, the fact that he is a former beloved Kane and they're paying him a lot of money. A lot of money. Appreciate the call, Sean. And nothing to do with the wins because, honestly, Mario hasn't really won a lot in his year and a half as the head coach of Miami. Uh, He's comparable number of wins to a man who got fired around this time. Similar amount of games. As the head coach at Florida State, Willie Taggart. But the money. The money. The money. The money and the recruiting and the overall level of, of uh, again, I, I hate to always throw that word out there, but competence it feels like he has. But, 
But again, Saturday felt like the opposite of that when it came to execution. So, yeah. Um, but the recruiting has to play into it, too. He's bringing in guys. Uh, Ricky messages, my first football thought, Mike Tomlin is a god and not from this planet. No way the Steelers are 3-2 and two with Kenny Suckett. Pick it. That's, yeah. That wasn't he said nice. Suckett. Yeah. I didn't know that was his nickname, but Kenny Suckett. Um, it's not nice. That was a good win, and I don't know what the Ravens were doing, and I love me some Lamar, but I don't know what he was doing late. That was weird. The Ravens went flat out, forgot how to play football in the last seven minutes yesterday. Lamar, what the hell was that? Made terrible mistakes down the stretch, but also throughout the game, Lamar's receivers, once again, the story of his career, not helping him at all. Yeah. And, I, you know, part of that maybe is Lamar, part of that maybe is the play calling, but they're dropping balls like that are touchdowns or deep pass completions. And it's like, yeah, what else can Lamar do? Run it? Right. I mean, that, that's a But again, it was uncharacteristic. Like him. He's been in the league too long to be yeah. trying to force throws, trying to to pursue plays that aren't there. It was he's too good for that. He's turned the ball over in every single game this season. Yeah, and man. I, I think the Ravens have become a team that if you do see them on your schedule, you're excited about it. They don't scare you can, anybody. You can win the turnover battle. You can win the turnover battle. I, I think for the most part, it's easy to put a game plan together and have confidence in your guys. The Ravens are not playing good football right now. They look sorry. Uh, let's go to Jared in Port St. Lucie. Jared on on uh, Lavica, Theo, and Stone here on ESPN 106.3. Hi, Jared. Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? Good. Uh, my first thought this morning was uh, who's replacing Mike McCarthy next season? I I don't I don't know if you heard last week, Jared. I declared, and this might have been Friday. Uh, I declared the Washington Commanders as right now the leader in the clubhouse for the team. I have absolutely no clue how to translate. Like I don't know what they are. Sometimes yeah. they're competent. Sometimes they're abject crap. Like the Cowboys are that, but on steroids. Like they can look like the best team in the NFL. And then they can look like, oh, same old Cowboys. I do not know what they are. They're so perplexing. And three interception Dak, uh, we've already seen his ceiling, yeah, I think. definitely not the answer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we're – at least there's clarity in that. And appreciate the call, Jared. I think we finally are starting to officially have our answer about what Dak Prescott is, and that is wildly unreliable and not someone without an all-world cast around him that's capable of making at least a semblance of a playoff run. It also... I mean, my God, man. It's... Uh, okay, yes. And then we he can, has the goal to say after the game, oh, I didn't see this coming. <laughs> yeah, we, we could blame Dak Prescott, Brother, yes. it came because of you. He ran into a stone wall that was the 49ers. Um, a great defensive coordinator in Steve Wilkes, who should still be a head coach for the Panthers right now, except that organization can't get out of its own way. Keep pounding. Um, keep on pounding. Uh, another part of this, though, is, and we talked about this, you know, we talk about this time after time. Quarterbacks are so closely tied to their play callers, as well as the roster around them. But, like, the reason why Brock Purdy is so elite right now is because of his play caller and the roster around him. Dak Prescott is tied right now to Mike McCarthy, and I don't think that can be overlooked. I think that that has to be, with everything we judge Dak Prescott on, we also need to be reminded that Mike McCarthy is running the what Texas Coast offense that has been failing abysmally, and I don't think that you can take one from the other. Dak Prescott's more Kirk Cousins to me than he is elite quarterback, but you put Kirk Cousins with a Justin Jefferson and a good play caller, and you get good results. He's going to host a playoff game. We've seen Dak get good results out of a good offense with good players around him. You put him in a situation where it's disadvantageous, where you got a guy who doesn't really know what he's doing. Call it, and I don't want to go that far, but he's, he's poor at calling plays, calling plays now, and yeah, you, you're going to get this. But the NFC, it's the Niners, it's the Eagles, and then it is a Mariana Trench-like drop until you get to the next team. The Lions, I thought the Lions it's were elite. The, the yeah, Lions are good, but they're... That's, that's my thought this morning when I woke up. What? Oh, uh, hold on. Canned, canned music, uh, morning music, please, because again... And and of this group of three here, this is the like grunter and the scratcher in the group when he wakes up. Stone, yeah, Stone's got the 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 bodily functions. He's got the grunting. He's sort of the meatball wake up guy of this entire group here. All right, what was what was uh, the first football thought that came into your mind, Stone? <laughs> He's slobbering, by the way. Are the Lions a Super Bowl contender? Okay. Oh yeah. Are the Lions the Super Bowl contender? I'm not going to poo-poo that. You're talking about the NFC, and I, I I hated what you just did there. You talked about the 49ers. 
The Eagles. The Lions are right there. They're not right there. No, they're not. The Lions are right no, there. They're not right there. The last thing you want to do no, is bet against this Lions no, team. Right what they now. are is you've got you've got at the the edge of the cliff on the top of the plateau. Okay, you've got the Eagles, and no, it's a mountain. Sorry, not a plateau, a mountain. Okay, we're in a mountainous region. You've got the 49ers and you've got the Eagles. Okay, they have reached the peak of said NFC mountain. Okay, and they're standing there and they've taken pictures. They've planted their team's flags. And then what happens is uh, the 49ers, they kick uh, a rock off the, the side of the peak. They're like, oh, I don't want to trip on that and tumble down. Uh, we got to keep our footing up here, 49ers uh, and Eagles, high five. And that rock, it proceeds to, to roll down 100 feet, 200 feet, 500 feet, 1,000 feet. Uh, this is a large mountain. It's like 19,000 feet. Um, and it picks up speed as it goes. And then from the distance, you hear, ah, what the bleep? That hurt like a bleep. That's the Lions, like, scaling the peak, but they're, like, halfway down the mountain mm. while everybody else is at base camp. God, I hated that. I hated that. I like it. it I, I think a, it's pretty accurate. If we were to... I got it. I just don't like it. If we were... If, if we were to <laughs> I do, understood it. I just hate it. We were going to do an exercise right now with a quick, just right off the top, like uh, an NFL top five power rankings. It goes as such, right? 49ers, probably the Chiefs. You'd throw the Eagles on there. Like the Dolphins Bills. And, then, and then the Bills, right? This Lions team holds the head-to-head against the Kansas City Chiefs, and I don't want to hear anybody over there talking about Chris Jones or Travis Kelsey. I really don't. Oh, you care. don't. You I don't really don't, don't want to hear the anyone. Top 10 I don't care. Yeah. This, this is oh, a no, lion. No, 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 stop, stop. Theo Stone doesn't want to hear okay. about it. Yeah. He doesn't want to hear about those guys. You don't want to hear about those. Guys. I don't care. Why do you choose not to care about that? Because it's it's a tight end in, the, in a three tech. I mean, if we're really having a conversation oh, about about, about power rankings, this is like this is a Taylor Swift thing that's happening Travis right Kelsey now. Is just a tight end, and now Chris Jones is just a three tech. He's yeah. taking out his Taylor Swift tech. frustrations with Travis Kelsey because he's sick of hearing about it, and he's trying to he's trying to bamboozle us here. The Lions are a better football team than the Philadelphia Eagles right now. I'm taking the Lions. If if I have a gun to my head, if somebody hands me ten thousand dollars cash and I gotta walk into the window in Las Vegas, why would anyone have a gun to your head over that? By the and, way, and saying, "Hey, make a decision. Who's yeah. better? <laughs> who's better? Who's better?" That, that is not a real life scenario. Hey, uh, if someone walks up behind you, puts puts cold steel to your head, says, "You tell me right now." <laughs> Who's better, the Eagles or the Lions, or I'm going to blow your brains out? The Detroit Lions! The Detroit Lions! <laughs> Listen, if you gave me $10,000 cash right now, yeah. and I had to put it on a team that was going to face the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship, I'm putting it on the Detroit Lions. The complete oh football team, what they're doing offensively, the weapons they have. I mean, Amon Ra is uh, better than anybody that the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he's better than A.J. Brown. I'm fine with whoa, the Detroit whoa, Lions. Whoa, I'm fine with whoa, the Detroit Lions whoa. right now. This is 14 games in a row where they've scored 20-plus points. This team's a problem. The mentality they have. Here's the thing. Teams are going to slip up throughout the season. The Lions mentality right now, when the Panthers creep their way on the other side of the ball, on the other side of the line of scrimmage, they're going to punish them. That's what they're going to do to these teams. They're going to punish Every single team that lines up across from them, and they'll be in the NFC Championship. They're a contender. Hey, what clip that? First of all, market. We're going to come back to that. Mm. Can there's a couple things he do just, not bring up Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. I won't. Don't do. I'm it, not even Theo. worried. I don't about care that. about the fat three tech down there changing the ball game. He's great. <laughs> oh He's good. Lord. I get it. Lord, I'm not even worried about that. Okay, what? He's what? not even as good as Aiden Hutchinson. Go ahead. So, so first of all, you said a bunch of things. You said Amon Ross St. Brown is better than AJ Brown, and you believe that. Um, yeah, I'm definitely willing to stand by that one. Like, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about, okay, cool. cool. He didn't even play last. Exactly. Right, right, okay. So Stone apparently woke up this morning and started drinking. Yes, yes. He forgot that part of his wake-up yeah. routine. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't uh, divulge that to yeah. us. Yeah. All right, whose defense are you taking between the Lions and the Eagles? That's a tough one. You can, I'll take the Eagles. Okay, that's all right. So whose quarterback are you taking? Right now, as it stands, uh, you can go ahead and give me Jared Goff, the way they're playing football. Okay. You can go ahead and give me Jared well, Goff. The I, way we just have to football. get more of a sample size before we get of back into the Of course we will. Thing. Because I want to remind you, that same Jared Goff and this Lions team only scored 14 offensive points against those Chiefs in Week 1. Uh, they just beat up on a, a Panthers team that is – I mean, they're actively tanking because I think they legit might have forgot they don't own their first-round pick. That's how poorly run that organization is right now. They're actively tanking, forgetting that the Bears get their pick. They beat the Packers at Lambeau. Great win. And then they lost in overtime to the Seahawks. And that's the resume of a team that you're putting up there with the 49ers, whose point differential is like, what, plus 100 in a million? (laughs) 
<laughs> and that just trashed the Cowboys. Trashing people. And the Philadelphia Eagles, who are not only undefeated, but their roster only got better after last year when they were in the Super Bowl. And they, they're arguably the most consistent team in the NFL, period. They, they just find they, it's hard to beat them. Like on fourth and two, they can always get a first down. On third and four, they're in plus territory. Like this is good for them. Like the Eagles are so sound. And A.J. Brown is better than Amon Ross St. Brown. And it's, I don't think it's relatively close. I mean, from a weapons standpoint, I'm taking David Montgomery before I'm taking DeAndre Swift. At, at this Are point, you? I'm taking Sam Laporta over, over Dallas Goddard. And Are we you? Can go, we can go have a fist fight Boy, over A.J. Dude. Brown and Amon Ross St. Brown. Really this Lions team Sam is legit. You're taking rookie five games into his career, Sam Laporta over Dallas Goddard, who just what had a two-touchdown game for the Eagles. He's and got a million points. He's in the top five Man. leading in receptions AJ, and touchdowns in all of this right now. Honestly, I think I have to check AJ, where, he at, where is he at against Travis Kelsey right now, a game pending. Man, Stone is buzzing over a win over the Panthers. I, just wait next week when I declare the Dolphins will win the Super Bowl after they beat the Panthers by 40. That's a perfect get-right team. It's a perfect team to, to play and then have prognosticators afterwards. Yeah. You're like, yeah, this is the, yeah. this team put on a statement win. Absolutely. <clears throat> I'll clip that, and I'll keep that in the bank. Uh, next week, I'm going to be like, uh, I, I mean, I'm going to be like uh, Jerome Brown, <laughs> that guy, he or Jerome Baker, I, yeah. I, 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 uh, former Kane. Uh, Jerome Baker, that guy is absolutely the best linebacker in the NFL. Defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year when he's sitting on top of Bryce Young seven times <laughs> oh, next week. Oh, my goodness. Uh, are you uh, are, are are I'm trying to stone. I I love the Lions and you're forcing me to defy them and yeah, I don't like that. that that's a, that's fine. I, I I'm backing you into a corner. You make a decision. You make a decision <laughs> and you went with the Eagles. That's fine. You have to live with that. What was the uh, the first football thought that popped in your mind on this Monday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888 888- Seven six zero three seven seven six and social media at KLV one zero six three. What was the first football thought that popped into your mind on this Monday? Mine was I just need to chill with the quest for perfection for the Dolphins. Like they're really really good, and if they don't win by fifty, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Theo, his is man. Those Chiefs, they locked up Justin Jefferson twenty eight mm-hmm. yards receiving before he went out with injury. I mean the Chiefs. I need to embrace the new way of winning. There's no way that was your first thought. For Stone, for Stone, his first football thought was the Detroit Lions are NFC championship contenders. What was yours? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. We're full. We'll go through those when we come back. He's Theo Dorsey. That's Stone LeBanowitz. I'm Ken Levick. It's Levicka, Theo, and Stone right here on ESPN1063. Two-yard line. Tucker by Loa, rolling to his left. Throws. End zone. Touchdown. Jalen Waddle. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. That highlight courtesy of Fox. By the way, I'm sure they're, they're great people. I don't know them, but that Kenny Albert, Jonathan Vilma broadcast team. They, uh... <laughs> they have the on-air chemistry of a, a piece of wet bark. I mean, good Lord. It is a rough listen. Mm. Let's put it that way. Uh, by the way, went uh, yesterday, before we get back to the phones, your first football thought that popped into your mind on this Monday. Took uh, took the kids. My wife and I took our kids to a fall festival in Pembroke Pines, a fall festival. And they had, like, apple cider and pumpkins, and it was the whole thing. But... It was like 94 degrees. Fall festivals down here in South Florida, and they've got like little little uh, prints of fall foliage. It really, really uh, rings hollow going to a fall festival when it's 94 degrees. You're sweating your ass off. You smell terrible. Your kids are whining and complaining because they're hot as hell, and the only fall foliage is via... <laughs> uh, a blanket that they hung and painted some some leaves on. But if uh, you're from here, uh, though, this is what you... I know it's the reality, yeah. but Jesus God, man. Yeah. All right, we need to relabel it because it was such a mind bleep. Ah, oh, fall festival. Meanwhile, I've just got... I've got sweat dripping down my nether regions. Yeah, I went to the pumpkin patch yesterday and I left with pit stains. It's awful. It's, a, it's <laughs> absolutely awful. 
Uh, what was the first football thought that popped into your mind on this Monday before we go back to the phones? Let me tell you about Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. Uh, let's go to... Who the hell are we going to, Stone? Let's go to Gary in West Palm Beach. Gary in West Palm here on ESPN 106.3. Gary, what popped into your brain first football-wise this morning? My first thought was that if you're going to put an asterisk on the Lions game against the Chiefs, you'd have to put an asterisk on every game because every team always has injuries. Uh-huh. Cool. So. Like, that was your first thought this morning? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> You're a liar, Gary. I'm going to call you Gary, out right now. Gary, we don't believe you right now. <laughs> I'm a – go Lion. All right. No, get, and, but see, this is yeah. – Gary, this is the problem. And this is where Stone, though, this is where Stone has turned us against one another. And I, I do not want that – don't let him tear, tear us apart, yeah. okay? I am pro-Lions in this equation. I don't think so. I love what they're doing. I just don't think they're at the level of the Niners and the Eagles. They're not at the level of – that yet that that's my only argument is that they're not quite there yet but they could be but not right to- now I, yeah i could totally agree with that see don't let there him tear go. us apart yeah. Gary. don't 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 let him do, do that do you guys remember what stone's point- trying to do his own show over and, here. And, <laughs> do you guys remember and, and of course i always play these hypothetical vegas point spreads of course i understand it's a little aggravating but do you remember what the point spread was with the philadelphia eagles and the tampa bay buccaneers on monday night no it was four why would I remember that? I, uh, <laughs> why, why would I, I mean, remember I just, that? I just know every single line. I know. Like, I think so why would I it, remember it, that? Yeah. it plays into two points like this. Okay. Like it helps. So, so they're favored by four against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Yeah. The Lions are favored over a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. So if the Eagles and the Lions played this Sunday, I don't know. It's Philly minus two. Like you're going to tell me they're not on the level? Eagles. They are on the level. Like right there. It's going to tell you right there. Vegas is going to say that the Lions are maybe plus two against the Eagles if they play tomorrow. What I'll give you is this. How's that target? The the Eagles' pass defense has been worse this year than it was last year significantly. Like, you can throw it on them. They've given up a lot of passing touchdowns. But who do you really think is winning that game? Like, it'll be a close game just like it was last year, but it just feels like the Eagles, who have more talent at pretty much most positions on the field and a a really good coaching staff, is going to find a way to win. I watched Cooper Cup just absolutely – Feed Darius Slay the hands yesterday, or, or should I say the feet yesterday? He was giving him work, and if I'm in Rock, can't do that. I mean, I, I don't know. I think these two teams are closer than you guys think. Uh, let's go to the home team's Christian Cat, Audible Assassin here on ESPN 106.3. What's up, C Cat? Hey guys, Levicka, Theo, and Stone. I rolled over today, grabbed my significant other uh-huh. by the waist, and said, "Good morning, sweetie." And I said, "The Baltimore Ravens." are peeing down their legs. <laughs> the division is being handed to them. And they are just saying, no, thank you. You can take it. Like five teams, none of which have offenses that matter much, and their defense has looked good against those teams. But the offense has been pitiful, and you can blame it on Lamar. You can blame it on the receivers. But they've just got to be better. The division is theirs to be had, and they're just not taking it. And it makes me sad. Thank you for the call. I'll hang up and listen. I appreciate it, Audible Assassin, and you're the one who called, so thank you for the call. Uh, By the way, the Audible Assassin, Christian Cat, that man knows romance. Oh, yeah. over. Right by the waist. Grabs his his, his sweetheart by the waist and says, the Ravens are peeing down their leg. What's up, baby? Wake up, baby. We lost to the Steelers. (laughs) He's like, you know how to get me going. (laughs) Wake up, baby. Kenny Pickett beat us. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, who else? Who else wants to get in? Buckle up for some Cowboys. We got Joe and Jupiter. Joe and Jupiter, oh. who might be suffering a non-alcoholic-related hangover this morning here on Levicka, Theo, and Stone. Hello, Joe. Hello, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I'll give you three quick thoughts, and I'll be quick. Uh, first of all, what the heck was that yesterday? I didn't think we would win, possibly, but at least 
not lose by a thousand. Yeah, we three interceptions, miles away Joe. From being better than the 49ers right now. And yeah. then I give you my other two. Go ahead, real quick. I just want to have time for my other two. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just three interceptions. The gap is wide. It's expansive, and I feel bad for the likes of Micah Parsons, who are going to have to be dealing with Dak Prescott's nonsense throughout the rest of this season. I was hoping they would try Trey Lance in the second half when I knew there was oh. no chance we were going to win, but apparently. He, wouldn't, he was not even able to go in unless somebody got – I don't know what the rules are on that. But anyways, okay, my second thought is uh, can you imagine what the Dolphins' offense is going to do to the Cowboys' defense on Christmas Eve? They're going to – they might score 100 if, if they play like they played yesterday. Because we go to Miami, you know, on Christmas Eve, and I just can't imagine what we're going to do to all y'all's weapons. That's just – I mean – That was my second thought this morning. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was my second thought this morning. And then what, what, what's yep. your uh, third, Joe? Thank God for the Texas Rangers. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Orioles are about done. That was a feel-good story for six seconds, and it looks like the Rangers are for real. So so what I would say, Joe, and I'm always here for you, is forget what happened Thank last you. night, flush it, because it's sweep time in uh, in the, the Lone Star State. There we go. Love that. Uh, good. We'll get to some more social media. I do want to get – so we have a decision to make here, boys. Because we have a dog bleep Monday that uh, we we had to completely blow up last week because we had like news we were breaking with the Miami Heat. Yeah, us this show, but we have a very serious Mario Cristobal conversation that needs to happen as well. And I'm not quite sure how to navigate it. Do we push dog bleep Monday to dog bleep Tuesday? Do we make it a Mario Cristobal edition of dog bleep Monday? Mm. I don't know what to do. So we're gonna have to talk this through as a team. As a conglomerate, okay? Mm. So, we'll figure it out. We're talking about it in the break, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think so. Because we should take a break. Stone's desperately telling me to take a break. Uh, What was the first football thought that popped into your mind on this Monday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And I said, football thought. Nothing else, you sickos. He's Theo Dorsey. That's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Ken Levicka. It's Levicka, Theo, and Stone right here on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. Uh, can, uh, can we go ahead and get canned morning music? And uh, we'll, we'll roll through some social media here. The, uh, the, the first football thought that popped into your mind on this Monday, the first football thought that popped into your mind on this Monday, social media at KLV 106.3, Brent. Message is, can Jordan Love get 21 fantasy football points tonight? Huh. The answer to that is no. He, he could do what it. What are you talking about? The Raiders. So, so 21 fantasy points is, is 300 yards passing and two touchdowns, or like 225 yards passing and three touchdowns. It's doable. I believe it when I see it. Sam Howell He's gave him 25 it. in a game where he didn't even have 10 yards passing in the first half of a football game. Is Sam Howell better than Jordan Love? That's I'd say a great there's question. an argument. No. There's an argument both ways there. No. Why, why not? Jordan Love might look more aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Sam Howell is just as, if not more productive, with a lesser offense. Now, I am a, a little weighted against him because of what happened in that Bills game. Like, I can't unsee that. Was it like four interceptions in that game? I know it was four turnovers. Um, yeah, it was he bad. Looked, it was bad. And I don't know if – I think the low end of Sam Howell might be lower than Jordan Love, but the high end of both of them are really electric highlights. So. Uh, James' message is, as much as I love my Knowles – Michigan is the best team in the nation. That was his first thought upon waking up. I respect it. On this Monday. It's cool. How you feeling on LSU, though, now, still? Uh, LSU, damn good football team. Right. Like, like Robert Griffin said, they're playing. That offense is a national championship contending offense right now, led by Jalen Daniels. Okay, just making uh, sure. Just checking in again. Just Now, really I do want to make sure Stone and I were very, very, very what the hell about Michigan being number two in both the coaches and uh, a people at the start of the year. I think I look foolish now. And Stone. Yeah, I think we... Don't want to forget about Stone. Yeah. We definitely look foolish. Yeah. And, and I we, think... It's a did, we. Did, did PJ Fleck make us look even more foolish with his, his quotes and the words that he had for Michigan? And saying that they're the most complete football team that he's ever played or seen in his 11 years uh, as a Based coach? on PJ Fleck's Minnesota, everybody looks complete and <laughs> dangerous. I get it. I get Minnesota. it. Boston Northwestern. Uh, Jay Wubbs, is Cristobal still employed? Yes. Uh, Christian messages. Why did Jamar Chase, Sam Laporta, and the Jets defense decide to play MVP level football when I play him in fantasy? Guys, that was not MVP level football. That was. 
playing football against Sean Payton yeah. and Russell Wilson. Yeah, two of stop. those guys. Sam, also, like, Sam stop. Laporta had the Panthers, and then the Jets played Russell Wilson. So, right. like, stop. And, yeah. and the Jets' defense kind of, like, let the Broncos get off a little bit. They just had that defensive touchdown in the end. That's really right. what hurts you. And can we stop with this, did it for Hackett, nonsense. Nathaniel Hackett, is, like, one, imagine drawing inspiration from the disrespect of a man who is not even mediocre at his job. With no Aaron Rodgers, he's just a guy making a paycheck. He's done nothing this year for the Jets offense, and he was one of the biggest abject failures in the history of the NFL from a head coaching standpoint. Can we stop? Oh, we did it for Hackett. They made it personal, so we had to go beat the Broncos. Made it personal. Trust me when I tell you from a football standpoint, unless he's ill, Nathaniel Hackett it ain't nothing to draw inspiration out of. Okay? So enough. Enough. Stop that. I think it's pathetic. Didn't they make him a captain? They did. Yes, they made him a captain, and they gave him the game ball. Is that not patronizing? This is the same Nathaniel Hackett who, by the way, was the architect of them running out of time at the end of the first half to collect any points inside the 15. That was a Nate Hackett-Zach Wilson collab. You better (laughs) give my guy some some respect. All right. (laughs) You guys understand how... My apologies. They don't do that without each other. Uh How corny coaches are and and how corny at times the sport of football is. Like You have to draw inspiration and motivation from anywhere. And if you can do it using Nathaniel Hackett, so be it. It looked like the offense when they were taking the field in pregame. See, Joe Zuma, the quote that you're using was, let's do it for Hackett. If that's what gets the guys going, yeah. so be it. This is football. That's real. That's but what Deion Sanders has made a living on six weeks into the season so far. 100%. And let's just be honest, the Jets didn't win because of Nathaniel Hackett. It was because of number 20, Brees Hall. Yeah. They were just like, yeah. Or they, number three on the other side of the ball in Russell Wilson. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> a lot the, to do with him. The most toxic situation in all of football is the relationship between Sean Payton oh. and Russell Wilson. They Ooh. hate each other. Too much ego, though. They hate each other. It is incredible. You know what's wild to me is Russell Wilson went all these years of being the, the old cuddly quarterback up in Seattle uh, and it, go Hawks and nice and safe and we love him and we want to stroke his hair and he's so fun. And it turns out that dude's ego is unbelievable. I, I mean, he is, he, he's a weird, weird human being, that Russell Wilson. I mean, just hearing... Um, who was it last week? Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch say that Russell Wilson blocked his number uh, yeah. with the Seahawks when when Marshawn Lynch tried to reach out to like give him some support when he wasn't playing well. Like uh, Russ, after he threw the interception in the Super Bowl, walking back to the sideline, ah, I'll get him next time, brother. There ain't no next time, man. Like uh, Russ is a weird ass dude. It's it's always going to be a mark against you when all of your teammates, all of your ex-teammates dislike you, and then when a new coach comes in and old coaches don't really have that much favor for you and the new coach comes in, his one directive is to make you feel like just another one of the guys playing you through the preseason and whatnot. It's like, at, at what point do we just look at it and say, yeah, this is a rust thing, and it's not – like he's, what, 34, 35 now? It's not something that you would want to be – Booking yourself to try and salvage. I feel bad for the Broncos, and I kind of feel bad for Sean Payton. I don't feel bad for Sean Payton at all, to be well, quite he's honest. A, he's getting a huge bag. I, I think what he's trying to do, what he's doing now, is he's just letting Russ go out there to suffer. He's going to make an example of Russ. He is going to use that as, see, we need to clean Haas. There was the report before the 1 o'clock games yesterday that every member of that Broncos defense is on the trade block. Yeah, They're at least willing to talk. They're willing to shop them. Like. I mean, it's clear, clear the maneuver that Sean Payton's trying to to pull now out there. Uh, it's wild. And they're the they're the worst defense by ever? DVOA through five weeks of a season ever. And mm-hmm. I think they've been calculating DVOA back to like the '80s in the NFL. So like, it it's also I mean, Sean Payton's offensive minded coach. Russell Wilson's the quarterback. The the offense hasn't been as bad as the defense. The defense has been historically bad. But it's still you guys' as team, and together, collectively, they look like a non-cohesive bunch that are going to – it's going to blow up ugly. I mean, you've got, you've got a Thursday night Broncos-Chiefs puke bucket on the horizon here Ugh. where Sean Payton and Russell Wilson may just fist fight each other. I can't wait. Ooh, I cannot that's wait. That's something to tune in for. It's, no, it's, it's, it's at Arrowhead, it. right? Yeah, it's at Arrowhead. It's at Arrowhead? Yeah. And Al Michaels? Good luck. I, he deserves this. He's been miserable. His games have been terrible. Thursday night lineup is awful. Uh, so he deserves a fist fight or something. 
to to pick up his spirits. Uh, real quick, can I have the morning music one more time? Because I had one thought this morning that we haven't addressed, one football thought this morning we haven't addressed. I woke up, and after I thought about it, I need to just chill on the Dolphins. They're fine. Everything's great. My second thought was, man, I really hope that, that Dayball was wearing sunscreen on his head yesterday. Because that guy, every time the Fox camera showed him and they're on the sun side, I mean, his head was looking more and more red as the game went on. And it is just bald, bald, bald. And I'm like, my God, that's going to flake so bad. That's going to hurt so bad. I really hope they lathered him up under the blue tent or in the locker room or between quarters because that's dangerous. I mean, Stone, you know, is a... a You've you've decided to just go full bald. Yeah, I'm getting there, not by choice, but by genetics. Uh, you got to put some sunscreen on that dome, and Brian Dable's dome is fully exposed. Yeah, I'm just wondering how you did it, right? Did you grab your wife by the waist and say, "Babe, <laughs> hopefully Brian Dable was wearing sunscreen yesterday at Hard yeah. Rock Stadium." I turned over and I uh, put my hand on her thigh, I'm like, "Baby, how sun how sunburned do you think Brian Dable's head is?" <laughs> She's like, "Oh." Say that in my ear. <laughs> Goodness. Uh huh. No, he was. His head was getting cooked. That defense was getting cooked. No contest for either. Man, poor Dayball. It reminds me of the time I got terrible sunscreen on my back. Terrible sunscreen on my back after I fell asleep at the beach, and I was like, "Oh man, that's gonna be uncomfortable for a few days." But it turned into that itchy sunburn uh. where I literally was like grinding my back on my bed because it was the only way I could get any relief going to the shower. Mm. It's the worst. Like, literally the worst, most painful thing that's ever happened to me was the itchy sunburn. Just miserable. Like, I, I, I just scorched my back. So I hope for Brian Dayball's sake he put on sunscreen. <laughs> All right. Uh, when we come back, speaking of scorched, speaking of uncomfortable, Mario Cristobal. Canes fans, I, I am fascinated. This is one of those things where I need you. I know a lot of you are out there. A lot of you haven't said your piece yet. And we're not dropping it because this was one of the single biggest bonehead coaching decisions in the history of the sport of football at any level. He didn't take a knee. Canes lost inexplicably to Georgia Tech. But I have a serious question for you, and I want you to think about it, and I want you to call because I want to hear from you because I'm honestly asking you this. How do you feel? How would you best describe how you feel about Mario Cristobal? How would you best describe how you feel about Mario Cristobal? This is as, as earnest, as honest a question as I can ask, and I genuinely want the answer. This is not all oh, looking for a radio topic. I am fascinated to hear how you feel about Mario Cristobal. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And social media at KLV1063. He's Theo Dorsey. That's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Ken Levicka. Monday edition, Levicka, Theo, and Stone, ESPN 1063.